Hello, humans, hello, humans, hello, humans of the world. It is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950. Happy Saturday to you. And guess what? You're hearing this voice live. I am sitting in the station right now, broadcasting from the bunker. And I am thrilled to be here live because you know what that means, listeners? It means you can call in. <laughs> it does. I never, ever, ever get to talk to the seven or eight listeners uh, that do listen to my show. So if you are so inclined, I would love to hear from you. Uh, the number is 952-946-6205. Um, and our, we have a couple of different themes today. One theme is around Facebook. So if you're a Facebook user or a Facebook hater, um, I would love to hear from you because we're going to talk about Facebook and uh, and a hopeless idealist. Uh, no, excuse me. I don't think if she's hopeless, but certainly an idealist who um, is doing something with Facebook. Uh, you may have heard uh, her interview on 60 Minutes on Sunday. Our other theme is coming out because Monday is National Coming Out Day, and that means coming out as LGBTQ. So at some point in the show, I'm going to share a little bit with you, a, a little bit about my coming out story as a transgender human for new listeners. Um, that's why the voice doesn't match the name. Uh, so we're going to do that. But let's begin, okay? Um, with, hold on a second, I'm looking at my show notes here. Why don't we begin with, uh, show being about idealists and, uh, something very idealistic that happened last weekend. So if you've watched 60 Minutes last week, as I said, or if you've been tuned into congressional hearings this past week, you will know the name Frances Haugen. She is the whistleblower who copied thousands of internal Facebook documents to share on Facebook, to sh excuse me, to show on fa how Facebook has repeatedly put profits over people. Ellie, read your show notes. Don't worry, the show notes are going to end very quickly because my 21-week-old um, my golden retriever last night decided that he wanted to sit on my lap. And uh, that was the end of me preparing for the show. But, well, we'll deal with it. Let's begin with some basics. So follow along with me here. The first and most important basic is that Facebook reaches more than 2 billion people. 60% of the world's people who use the internet are on Facebook. That, that way, uh, the, excuse me, the way that Facebook makes money, how it generates revenue is through advertising. All of those ads at the top and on the right side of your Facebook page, all of those ads, advertisers are paying big money to have show up in your feed. The more that people, the more time that people spend on Facebook, the greater and longer their exposure to the ads, and then the greater the likelihood that they will be, buy something from those ads. This is the way humans work. This is why we have, you know, commercials on television. This is why there are advertisements in magazines, okay? It's because you get exposed to the ads and then you're more likely to say, hey, you know what, I think I need that. And so, okay, and with Facebook, it's like, I'm more likely I need that. I'm, I'm going to click on it right now. And then, of course, whatever you bought starts showing up, you know, other kinds of items from, you know, I'm a room and board person. Please don't hold that against me. But I buy something from room and board and suddenly all kinds of other room and board items start showing up in my feed. The amount of time someone is on Facebook is called engagement. So remember that word, engagement. The goal is for Facebook users to maximize their amount of engagement. So Facebook wants you spending as much time as possible on Facebook. And how do you get someone to give you more time, to give you more engagement? Well, the most effective way to motivate someone to engage is by tapping into their emotions. One very human emotion is anger. Another one is fear. And if someone is angry or prone to be angry or fearful 
we're prone to be even more fearful. Seeing content that makes them angrier or feeds their fears is likely to keep them on Facebook longer. Facebook has figured this out. And at this point, let me remind you how humans are wired to group and label other humans. Now now we're into Ellie's work, my work as an idealist, my work as a trainer and speaker. Um, humans are wired to put other humans into groups. And then once we have them in groups, we attach things to them. I mean, the easiest group, if you've ever gone through one of my trainings, you know, easiest groups that, I mean, the most basic level of all grouping we have is putting humans into categories relative to gender, male, female. Okay. And then without even saying a word, we put, once we have humans in those categories, things start to attach. So we put a human into the female category. Suddenly it's pink. Suddenly it's girl things, girl books. Oh, suddenly it's, it's soft, you know, toys, those kinds of things. Boys, suddenly without anybody saying a word, the color is blue. Okay, and then there you go. You start getting boy toys and all that. That is how we put humans in groups. And then even without saying it, things start to attach. Humans are also group oriented. I mean, so we want to have group identification. We, we want to identify with groups. So think Vikings versus the Packers, something like that. And then once we identify with a group, we engage in group behavior. I mean, you know, go to a, you know, go to a Viking bar and somebody walk in with a Packer jersey and you know how that might go. They're going to get some looks. Maybe somebody's going to say, what are you doing here with that? You know, that is group behavior. So Facebook has learned that if you already identify with a group, okay, whether it's Democrats or Republicans or white nationalists or Antifa, they are going to use computer algorithms. That's the stuff behind the scenes. That's the, all of the, the science and the mechanics and uh, the mathematics. I, don't even get me going because I really don't know how to explain it otherwise. Those algorithms, okay, help Facebook to determine what content they're going to send you. And they've figured out through algorithms that if they send you certain content that is going based on what you've already read, based on what you click on, based on what you click on on Facebook, terms of stories, you know, or, or, or national items or things of that nature, based on how you click, Facebook's algorithms can figure out what more of that you'd like. And so... Um, you know, and, and, and because we are humans, because we have group identified uh, behavior, because we identify with groups, okay, one of the ways that group cohesion is created is by marginalizing, othering those who are not part of your group. That is just the way that humans operate. And, you know, yeah, we can say what we want to about the Vikings versus the Packers, okay, and that's kind of fun, and usually nobody gets hurt about that, but let's start talking about, you know, about the Reds and then the, you know, those libs, you know, and let's, you know, and then it's it's just all that slippery slope. Um, often, the content that Facebook will send you because it's reinforcing stereotypes for you, because it's feeding your anger, because it's feeding your fear, often that content will cause you to even want to further marginalize those who are not part of your group, those who think opposite of you. I know that this is very simplistic, but you're getting the idea. Thus, Facebook feeds off the human tendency to other humans or groups of humans. Um, that are seen by your group as different, maybe even as threats to you or to your group. Um, and in fact, certain groups, certain groups like governments have used Facebook as a way to engage in genocide, such as in Myanmar, Myanmar you know, formerly Burma, okay? They used their junta they, when they, they had a coup, you know, they deposed uh, their democratically elected uh, leader, and then they started to go after the Rohingya. And they did that through using Facebook. That was engaging in genocide. 
And so, okay, now Facebook is well aware of how tapping into human emotions could cause those emotions to get out of control, how othering of humans could lead to violence. So um, leading up to the 2020 election, Facebook created a civic integrity team, civic integrity team to monitor content, what people were posting and saying, and it changed, Facebook changed its algorithms to dampen emotion rather than to inflame it. So you clicked on something and you did not automatically get something that would feed your emotions. You might get something that maybe is like, oh, consider these other points of view, these other perspectives, or maybe you're going to get something about compassion or empathy for other humans. It did this in particular in the lead up to the 2020 election. And Facebook believed it had so succeeded in dampening emotion enough that it had so succeeded in helping to keep the lid on what was going on in America that after the 2020 presidential election was free of violence um, uh, and free of manipulation, Facebook decided, hey, we won. Look at us. Good job. And they disbanded their integrity team. This very, very long explanatory background gets to our idealist, who I'm going to talk about when we come back from our break. So hang in there. If you listen to Facebook, if you, I mean, if you read Facebook, if you like it, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. 952-946-6205. Okay. We're going to take a break. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio at AM 950. I'm here. I'm live. You can talk to me. I'll talk to you in a minute. Bye-bye. Experience the difference of intergenerational child care. Kinder Village brings together the wisdom and warmth shared freely by the older adults of Episcopal homes with infant to preschool age children. The goal? To provide each child with a safe, loving, and secure place that promotes learning and fun. Now is the time to enroll your preschooler in a place of endless learning and love. Kinder Village has earned the top four-star rating from ParentAware. The children enjoy arts and crafts, reading, story time, and playing games with their many grand friends. Teachers provide lessons in science, math, music, instrumental movement, language, and literacy. The Campus Kitchen prepares nutritional snacks as unique as the children it serves. Kinder Village Days mix free play and structured activities, allowing children to learn and grow in a flexible and diverse setting. Children who are part of intergenerational activities have better social skills, have less aggressive behavior, have improved learning, and find understanding of those with disabilities. For more information or to enroll, check out kindervillage.org. Crooner's Supper Club has some great ways you can experience a delicious dinner and the best jazz music in the Twin Cities. Enjoy mouth-watering dinner selections like the prime rib and crusted walleye, along with fabulous cocktails in one of Crooner's unique music venues, the main stage with state-of-the-art sound and lights, and the Dunsmore Room with its large picture windows overlooking Moore Lake. So make your next night out memorable with a delicious dinner and top-notch jazz at Crooner's. Just north of 694 off Highway 65. More at croonersmn.com. These days, our home is the center of our world. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. If we're all going to be spending a lot more time at home, doesn't it make sense to make your space the most attractive and most functional space it can be? At Habitation, my experienced, degreed interior design staff can help you select the perfect furnishings for your home and your lifestyle. Furniture is more than one size fits all and there's more to making a room work than a couple of chairs and a sofa whether it's a modular sectional carefully selected to maximize your living room or the perfect bed dresser and nightstand combination to create your dream bedroom habitation can help you achieve the space you've always wanted so check us out online at habitationdesign.com or schedule an appointment at our adina showroom habitation furnishing and design make your home exceptional Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil inviting you to join me every weekday from 4 to 6 for The Matt McNeil Show. It's two hours of progressive political talk focused on Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Minnesota. Okay, fine. We'll let Wisconsin in occasionally. We'll talk with politicians, political leaders, journalists, pundits, and newsmakers. We'll also get regular visits from Brett Johnson, Jeff Stein, Cliff Schechter, and most important, we'll talk with you. It's the only drive-time, Democratic-based political talk show in the Twin Cities. The Matt McNeil Show, weekdays from 4 to 6, right here on AM 950.
we're back. Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950. How are you doing? Okay, well, listen. Um, uh, I gave you before the break. Oh, by the way, it's live. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a Facebook user, a Facebook hater, what do you think about what's going on uh, with Facebook? The number is 952-946-6205. Um, Before we took the break, I gave you a very, very long explanation about how Facebook works, how it makes money, how it preys on our emotions and our fears. And that brings us to our featured idealist uh, for this week. And that idealist is a 37-year-old woman, Frances Haugen. Born in Iowa City, Iowa. That's what caught my attention when I first heard about her. Grew up in a family of physician father and a second career Episcopal priest mother. Uh, This is, by the way, now where my notes end, my show notes end, because Jack the Golden Retriever decided last night that he wanted to sit on my lap. And that just pretty much put an end to everything else because he wanted my direct attention and I gave it to him. So Francis Haugen had earned an electrical engineering degree in undergrad school and then later uh, in her career an MBA from Harvard University. Uh, She had worked for Google Um, for a number of years. And in 2019, Facebook recruited her um, and put her on the team, the civic integrity team that I talked to you about before the break. Now, the civic integrity team at Facebook was intended to counter some of the some of the effects of Facebook where it helps, you know, where there's where there's this, you know, uh, feeding on emotions and fears and 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 leading up to the 2020 election. So Francis Haugen gets on the civic integrity team um, in 2019 before the election. And uh, Facebook changes its algorithm at that point to try and help tamp down emotions and all that. Francis Haugen joins Facebook at that point. And um, and she wanted to be on the, the team because she believe she is self-described as an advocate for public oversight and social media. So Frances Haugen goes into into um, Facebook, gets hired by them. They recruit her. I'm sure she was making a good a good chunk of change, and she wants to make sure that. The excesses of the internet, the excesses of social media um, are curbed. So she works with the integrity team. We get through the election of 2020, as you know, how great it turned out with President Joe and Veep Kamala hired. And then Facebook decides it's going to disband the integrity team because eh, we don't need it anymore. Now, um, in the... In the process of Frances Haugen becoming familiar with the way Facebook operated, she began to come become disillusioned with how Facebook, in her own words, put profits ahead of people. In fact, part of Frances Haugen's orientation is geared around the, uh, an experience that she had. She had a friend who she describes as having been lost, L-O-S-T, to social media. That friend um, was somebody who um, she tried to keep from losing, but this friend uh, was addicted to social media, and um, and the friend he was a man. He became um, very bent towards the occult and white nationalism, and Francis Haugen tried to pull him back was unsuccessful, so she lost the friend. And that weighed on Francis about the, the total impact of social media. So what does Francis Haugen do? Um, she, she becomes disillusioned. Facebook disbands its civ- civic integrity team. And then January 6th happens. And um, I'm 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 in the car on the way in here this morning to you know to um, give this show and there was a piece about Francis Haugen and Facebook, and about now there is the the view that that Facebook was used by some of the insurrectionists to organize um, the insurrection on January sixth. So there you go. So Francis Haugen last spring, excuse me, the spring of this year. 
after she becomes disillusioned, after she sees what happens on January 6th, she starts copying documents. And she becomes intentional about her desire to become a whistleblower. In fact, I think she copied 10,000 documents before she left Facebook, before she quit. And what uh, she did is she went and uh, she went, she quit, and then she contacted a lawyer uh, that operates um, a law firm uh, aimed at protecting whistleblowers. Now, this whistleblower mechanism is aided by the Dodd-Frank Act. The Dodd-Frank Act, you may recall, back as a product of what happened with the um, the great, great recession of 2008, and the Dodd-Frank Act was one of the one of the outcomes to try and curb financial abuses. And when uh, Dodd-Frank, I said Frank Dodd, Dodd-Frank Act was created, um, they created the Office of Whistleblowers within the Securities and Exchange Commission, and that office. It allows people to come forward um, um, as whistleblowers, including to come forward with documents. So if you think, well, she stole a bunch of documents from Facebook, no, I think she's going to be protected by that. And there is a law firm out there, which of course now I cannot find, but there's a law firm out out there that is specifically um, geared towards protecting uh, whistleblowers under under the Dodd Frank Act. So Francis Halking connects with that law that that law firm, and the next thing we know is that she's on 60 Minutes on last Sunday, blowing the lid off of how Facebook puts profits ahead of people. Now. Um, This includes uh, Francis Haugen talking about Instagram and how Instagram, so Instagram is owned by Facebook, and how Instagram is particularly harmful to teen girls. Um, Francis Haugen, uh, our idealist, cited data from Facebook's own, you know, own uh, research showing that um, Instagram made 13% of teen girls more likely to think about suicide. And 17% of teen girls who already have eating disorders say that Instagram makes them more likely to engage in their eating disorder. This is data that Facebook itself is finding. And I mean, and, and this is more fueling Francis Haugen's need to try and change the world, <clears throat> to try and Facebook, to stop Facebook's excesses. Okay, I see that we've got another break coming up. Uh, when we finish, when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk, uh, I'll finish up about our idealist, Francis Haugen. And then um, I'd love to hear from you if you're a Facebook user or a hater. Love to hear from you. Uh, the number is 952-946-6205. If you like what you hear, visit my website at lakrug.com. Go and sign up for my newsletter. You can just do that. You can see it on the on the menu bar at my website at lakrug.com. We'll be back in a second. Thanks. I'm Alicia Luther Toms, Certified Financial Planner with RBC Wealth Management. You might think you have to give up performance to invest responsibly, but that simply isn't true. Responsible investing can actually have a positive impact on performance. We will work with you to come up with a strategy that matches your values. This is Alicia Luther Toms at 612-770-4460 or alicia.luther.toms at rbc.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Laura. Listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Our individual health is connected, connected to the health of each other and connected to the health of the earth. We know the problems with the dominant food system, climate change, deadening soils, nitrates in the water, factory farming, injustice, concentration of wealth. How do we both as individuals and as a community step up and support a living food system which honors the earth? Tune to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. And remember to support your independent farmers. 
It's time to experience the amazing flavors of EatLocalMinnesota.com. It's your key to unlocking the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Crooner's Supper Club is a little piece of old school nightlife in the 21st century. Enjoy a delicious dinner, fabulous cocktails, and music from some of the best jazz artists at the newly refurbished main stage or in the intimate Dunsmore room with its stunning views of Moore Lake. Crooner's Supper Club is just north of 694 off Highway 65. Find the upcoming music schedule and more details at croonersmn.com. Come visit the award-winning Hazel's Northeast in Minneapolis for breakfast, lunch, dinner, or weekend brunch. For breakfast, try the slow-cooked brisket hash, hippie cakes, and meat waffle. While for lunch, enjoy favorites like the buttermilk fried chicken sandwich or veggie burger. Hazel's is open Tuesdays through Saturdays, 8 to 8, with a Sunday brunch from 8 to 2. Located off 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. More at hazelsne2go.com. This is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design and Drink in the Style. You may not realize it, but a trained, skilled interior designer cannot just beautify your space. They can functionify it as well. I don't know if that's a word, but it is a thing. So why not check out HabitationDesign.com and see if it looks like we're right for you. If it does, give us a call and let's schedule an appointment, in person or virtually, to make your home exceptional. HabitationDesign.com The local advertisers you hear on AM 950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM 950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm David Lyon. Saturday, partly cloudy with a high near 81. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 66. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast. Hazel's is now open Tuesdays through Saturdays, 8 to 8, with a Sunday brunch from 8 to 2. Located off 29th and Johnson and at hazelsne2go.com. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Galileo, king of night vision, king of insight. And we're back. Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio um, with my uh, very incomplete show notes for which I do apologize, but listen, you know, the golden retriever, Jack, 21 weeks old, he is such a good boy. He is. He is quite adorable. And frankly, when he's got, you know, a, a chew in his mouth and he wants to come up and sit on my lap in the chair, which is not a big chair, um, it's just really hard to uh, resist that boy. <laughs> he is such a good boy. Okay, so we've been talking about Frances Haugen. She, as an idealist, taking on Facebook and helping to sound the alarm of how Facebook manipulates us. It does. It manipulates our emotions and our fears as a way to sell advertising, as a, well, as a way to increase its profits. And um, by the way, I need to make sure that we record what Facebook's response is. Facebook's uh, response to Francis Haugen in part has been, quote, we've invested heavily in people and technology to keep our platform safe and have made fighting misinformation and providing authoritative information a priority. Unquote. That is their response. Um, and you may have seen that uh, Facebook also started to attack Francis Haugen uh, this week. And let's just talk about that a second before I move on from this whole topic. Francis Haugen, 37 years old, um, taking on the largest, the largest social media company in the world. Um doing it at a time where her career is early. So if this goes badly for her, she's going to suffer for the rest of her life. 
And yet, this idealist, and I don't, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't think it's a coincidence she's from Iowa. Sorry, but Iowans, and I know people from other places as well, of course, but Iowans really seem to pride themselves on always wanting to do the right thing. Now, notwithstanding the political issues going on down in Iowa right now, trust me about that. But I'm not surprised she's from Iowa. And, uh, and actually, I'm kind of proud that she is, you know. I mean, listeners, you know, I'm an Iowan at heart. So, although I, you know, I'm very happy here in Minnesota. So, here's the question, okay? Do you think Facebook manipulates you? What do you think? Do you think Facebook, when you're on Facebook, are things showing up so in such a way that it is causing you to want to, uh, well, first of all, to become more engaged, to want to stay on Facebook, because that's what Facebook's trying to do. They're trying to get you to stay. The longer you stay on Facebook, the longer you're exposed to ads, the more likely it is that you're going to buy an ad. And so, um, oh, and I, I probably should need to add to you, okay, why, you know, why is this relevant for Facebook other than bad PR? Well, because um, under the security, Securities and Exchange Commission's rules, corporations every year, once a year at least, are supposed to issue annual reports. And then they're supposed to issue documents called prospectus that relate to, you know, buying their stock. And part of that requires that they disclose known risks involving the company. And if Facebook's internal research and studies revealed uh, that um, it was harming humans, because that's what its studies are fi- that's what they they found out. Um, and they're not disclosing that to investors because that could affect the value of the stock. And by the way, after Francis Haugen was on 60 Minutes, Facebook's stock, I mean, I think that Zuckerberg's net worth went down by $6 billion just as a consequence of what Francis Haugen had to say. If you know that there are known risks and you don't disclose them as a corporation, that's a violation of securities exchange laws securities laws. So that's why this is all relevant. There's also under the Whistleblower Act, there's like good financial rewards. You know, if you come forward and if you're, and if your um, complaint is verified, um, the whistleblower can be rewarded uh, financially. So there's some incentive there for her as well as for other whistleblowers. So go up and read about Francis Haugen. Um, it's H-A-U-G-E-N, our idealist for this week, someone who literally is going to make a difference, like right away in the world. So, and that's what idealists do. Okay. There you go, everyone. I would love to hear from you. Come on, you don't ever get to talk to me. 952-946-6205. All eight of you listeners, you can't all be busy right at this moment. Maybe one of you can give us a call. I don't know. I'd love to hear from you. But, um, oh, and by the way, I'm on Facebook. You know, it's uh, my my, uh, company, Human Inspiration Works, has a Facebook page. Ellie Krug, I have a Facebook page. I think, yeah, my book, book, Getting to Ellen, has a Facebook page. And I will tell you, I don't go on to Facebook other than to maybe post, hey, I've dropped this piece in, uh, you know, in in Lavender Magazine or in Minnesota Women's Press. If you have an interest, by all means, you know, um, check out the piece. But... I don't go onto Facebook um, to see what's going on or to post pictures about Jack the dog or anything like that. I'm not, I just don't do that because I am so incredibly busy on so many other things. I just can't do that. Um, and maybe someday when I slow down, <clears throat> if I retire, <laughs> did you hear me laugh about that? I've been trying to check out about Medicare and what that's going to cost me because I turned 65 in December. Um, and what, Medicare is going to cost me 
<laughs> it's pretty clear. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to retire. I know it sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? I didn't expect that. But maybe it's someday when I slow down, I'll be able to be on Facebook and uh, more than what I am. We'll see. But of course, I will be very aware of how Facebook is attempting to manipulate my emotions and my and prey on my fears. So, um, okay. Well, listen. Hey, we've got a. I've got a caller from. We've got uh, Laura from Egan. Laura, are you, are you on the line? Yeah, I am. Hey, I'm, you're you're I'm, one of my eight listeners. All right. Thank you for calling. <laughs> I think you can put a couple zeros behind that, Ellie. But yeah, I want to connect this to the story you did about the Storm Lake journalism. Oh. So Facebook has also majorly disrupted our local media. And, uh, you know, newspapers, small-town newspapers, um, radio stations, television stations, because people say, I can go on Facebook and I can hit this zip code and I get all this information about people. So I, um, I don't do anything with Facebook and really encourage other people not to advertise on Facebook. Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't do any advertising on Facebook. And so... So your so your take is though that because people are on Facebook they're not they're not going to the our local news to get whatever you know information that small town papers like the Storm Lake Times would provide, um, and 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 those papers are suffering. I mean I I mean Art Cullen when he was on last week I mean you heard him talk about how all of their advertisement just dried up with COVID. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're advertising, but a little bit before that. Um, Facebook has taken um, advertising revenue. Oh, for and sure. We we used to have um, sort of centers of communication, um, and what Facebook did in some ways in decentralizing it. Which there's good things about that, right? But there's also it sort of it really depends on how it's done, and unfortunately, I think um, Facebook did it from a very extractive model. You know where we were things, not beings. Right, right. right. And uh, and so it, it it has a lot of negative um, impact. Um, people don't understand what's really going on, um, and, and it's 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 made us more divisive. And I think it has really hurt our mental well being. Um, and you know, and I know sometimes right. Facebook it can be a, a positive thing. You know, someone's dog dies, and all of a sudden there's all this emotion and there's there's good things that happen in that space um but uh but i think that uh, the algorithms are um um, aren't operating out of a code of the moral good. Well, Laura, I agree with you 100%. Plus, it makes it so much easier for you to be mean. Yeah. I mean, you're anonymous, you know? You know, you, you, you know you're on, you see somebody else make a comment on something, you know, and you want to respond back and you just fire away uh, comments that, are, you know, are hurtful. And, and, why not? Nobody knows who you are. Nobody sees you. You know, you're not like sitting in a room where you have to interact with the human and see their emotion of uh, the reactive uh, reaction to your words. And well, uh, and that's I mean, but see, different people use different Facebook differently. Because so, like, I'm never anonymous on Facebook. I just kind of use it with a few little family members and stuff like that. So within that little ecosystem, I'm actually quite nice. But what I think has happened is that there has been a lot of fake identities. Facebook makes it really easy to have fake identities. Right. And there are people out there with these fake identities that are looking for power and money and resources. And unfortunately, their model of finding money, power, and resources is to make everyone bummed out <laughs> and angry and, and, yep. and, you know, charged up. So how do we how do we do the opposite, right? Or you know how do we and, and that's you know I, well and and it may the, you know that's why I love your show. Oh, you do it well. Thanks. I I think it's you know I think it's going to end up coming down to some kind of regulatory method and uh, okay. Well, listen, Laura. Thanks for calling in. Believe it or not. Thank you. Another one of the eight listeners is calling in. So I'm going to go talk to, I've got Connie on the line from Bloomington. Connie, are you there? Do you want to talk about Facebook? I am, Ellie. Nice to talk to you. Um, I am an older woman. I've never really used Facebook. It kind of scares me. Um, but I 
just won't really want to say how thankful I am for your show. I learned so much from it. I look forward to it every week, and I really appreciate everything you do. Oh, Connie, you just warm my heart, and you get like double, triple gold stars for making my day. Thank you for that. I really well, I want to appreciate call almost every, every week. I love your stories. I love it. It always brings tears to my eyes. I still remember the shaggy bark hickory in Cedar Rapids yep. story and uh, yep. the Storm Lake last week was wonderful and I, I, you just never have a bad show and I love it Connie, so oh, thank you. Thanks so very much for taking the time to call me. You have totally warmed my heart. All right, thanks well, so. Thank you. thank you. Okay, well now we've got to take a break, everyone. And I, and my, you can't see it, but my heart is bursting right now. And so, listeners, I'm so grateful for you, and thank you for letting me know that I matter, that my words matter, and this show makes a little difference. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I am going to talk about coming out because. Because Monday is National Coming Out Day. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. President and owner of Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, here to share some information about our 5 for 25 drive program. We ask customers to take five minutes to review their experience with us, and we donate $25 to a local nonprofit of their choice. So far, our 5 for 25 drive has raised close to $50,000. Thanks to all of you out there who've taken part in this ongoing program. Find out more about our 5 for 25 drive program at standardheating.com. That's standardheating.com. Hello, this is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Many listeners know that I train on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming to diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on equity and dismantling racism. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change how they see the world. And now I'm doing all of my work online so everyone can attend regardless of where you're located. For more information, go to elliekrug.com. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. Nightingale is your cozy, comfortable neighborhood restaurant in the Whittier neighborhood at 26th and Lindale. Nightingale has patio, dining room, and bar seating available. Plus, they still have takeout and delivery. Their menu has lots of delicious options like the famous Nightingale burger and fries, ginger tamari chicken wings, smoked chicken liver pate, and more. They're open from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. daily with their full menu until midnight. So make the friendly neighborhood Nightingale your go-to restaurant in South Minneapolis. Place an order, make a reservation, and more at NightingaleMPLS.com. Ahoo, this is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Peeny Gigi for all your support over these past three years. Because of your support, we bring you exciting news. Native Roots Radio is moving to a new time, 6 to 7, Monday through Fridays. Local and national guests help us keep current with Mother Earth and tribal issues. Native issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand with us through our struggles, victories, and achievements. We are awake. Join us Monday through Fridays at 6 p.m. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. The last year was hard for so many of us, and many small businesses struggled. That's why everyone at AM 950 is so grateful to the listeners who stepped up and helped support the radio station by becoming members of the station. Because of your listener support, we were able to continue to deliver the best and only progressive talk in the state on one of the few true progressive talk radio stations in the country. As we move into a better tomorrow, it's still important to help support small businesses like AM 950, and the membership is a great way to do it. We have memberships at any financial level, either a one-time donation or a recurring one, and we appreciate any support. We've already featured a lot of members-only bonus content, like the calendars, special member-only interviews, and even personalized messages, and we have more benefits coming soon. To become a member, go to am950radio.com, click on the Become a Member button, and sign up today. That's am950radio.com. Help support am 950 sponsors, support local small businesses, and become a member of AM950 Radio today at am950radio.com. And she was lying in the grass And she could hear the highway breathing And she could see an earbud factory She's making sure she's not breathing And we're back Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950 Again, my thanks to Laura and Connie for calling in Thank you 
I really appreciate that. I love hearing from my listeners. And because I tape the show regularly and very rarely come in live, although I'm going to come in live at least one more time in October um, and possibly two more times. We'll see. I've got things going on at, uh, on Fridays where I usually tape. Okay. Monday is National Coming Out Day. And what that means is, is that's the day where we recognize the courage that it takes for LGBTQ people to come out of the closet. That's why it's called coming out, come out of the closet where they remain, they've been hidden and fearful and all of that. And it's a day for, if you're thinking about coming out, hey, come out on that day. Me, Ellie Krug, transgender human, I came out. I did. I came out in a variety of ways, but the big way that I came out was as a transgender person, and it, came, and it occurred on the second Monday of May in 2009. And on that date, um, I sent a letter to 200 clients, because I was a civil trial lawyer with my own firm in Cedar Rapids, sent a letter to 200 clients, judges, and other lawyers. And in that letter, it was three pages, I explained that really I was not a dude, really I was a woman. I explained a little bit about what it meant to be transgender. Uh, many of them had known my that I had been married, and you know, that many of them knew my ex-wife Lydia. And I explained, you know, why Lydia. Further explained why Lydia and I had separated and divorced. And then I asked my clients that if they needed a new lawyer, well, I asked them to, to keep me as their lawyer. But if they, you know, were intolerant and needed a new lawyer. Um, I would help them find a lawyer because that was my obligation to make sure that they were protected above all things. Now that letter went out. My, you know, my secretary. I had come out, you know, to people in my law firm a couple of days before that, but that letter went out, you know, by email at 8:30 in the morning on that Monday, and I waited to see what would happen because this was 2009. Long before, you know, even though that's only 12 years ago for the transgender community, it's 75 years ago because this is, you know, uh, four years, five years before Caitlyn Jenner came out, um, where Caitlyn Jenner did put transgender people kind of on the map. You know, and there was hardly anything in the news about transgender people. So this was pretty weird. I was the very first Iowa lawyer to ever do this. Secretary hit send. The letter goes out by email, and I wait at my desk, wondering, how will it go? Will I be closing the firm by the end of the week? I wondered, will I get hate mail? I wondered, will people show up at my office angry, intolerant? It didn't take long. But then the reply emails came. Then the phone calls came. And later on, letters and notes came. And I have to tell you, everyone was so incredibly supportive. Now I remind you, I mean, Cedar Rapids metropolitan area, about 300,000 people, but still it's a small town. And it was Iowa. But I was blown away by how incredibly loving and caring and open people were. If Actually, if I think about it too much, I will start to cry. A man and a woman from the largest law firm in town. I had tangled with that firm multiple times and had won, and had won uh, cases, you know, against lawyers that were in that firm. And a man and a woman from that firm, they called me. They were on a speakerphone and they, they said, Ellie, congratulations. We're so happy for you. What can we do to help you? I had clients call me, Allie, don't worry. You're still our lawyer. Don't worry. We'll have to adjust a little bit to how we look at you and pronouns, but you're still our attorney. I got 
a lengthy email from a federal magistrate. So federal magistrate, these are, you know, like, like a judge, one, one little step below that, who told me very detailed how several years earlier he'd had a case involving a prisoner who was transgender. And he related to me that before that trial started, he believed that being transgender was hokey, that wasn't real. And in this letter, this, so this is wonderful vulnerability. I mean, this is human vulnerability. This is a judge relaying how he had been prejudiced and how, as a consequence of that one week-long trial where experts came in, where the transgender uh, person in incarceration testified about being trans, he told me by the end of the trial, he believed it was all real. He, in fact, ordered that that transgender person be given hormones in the federal prison where that person was being held. And he went on to tell me that he thought I was brave. And he congratulated me for that bravery and for living authentically. Now, coming out, um, those are all the wonderful stories. Um, But if you've listened to me before, you've heard me talk, I lost some people. I lost my daughter um, for about four years. But she came back, and now she and I are so great. I lost my sister um, for a couple of years, but she came back, and now we are really, really great. Really. I mean, it's like both with both of them. It's just so tight now, thank God. But I lost other people. I lost my best friend in Cedar Rapids. He didn't come back. I lost the guy across the street. He didn't come back. That was a problem because he was another different federal judge that I used to appear in front of. And I lost some other people. Ultimately, I did lose clients because they were afraid to have me try cases for them. And ultimately, it resulted in my law firm closing. That happened about a year later, March of 2010. But it was okay. It turned out it's a good story everything worked out and I want you to know I am thriving as a human as Ellie Krug okay well that takes care of that a big thanks to my producer David for helping with everything today a big thanks to you my listeners Uh, maybe now there maybe I am convinced maybe that there aren't eight of you maybe there are 20 of you who knows (laughs) but go listen I appreciate that you support the show and that you believe in me and my work. Thank you for that. Go out. Do something good. Make the world better between now and next Saturday. Take care and be well. Thanks so very much. Bye-bye.